Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Please listen or turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. Proverbs 18.2, and all the people of God said, Amen. You may be seated. Do you want to make a solid impact on the world? Be a listener. Listening is one of the most difficult things that we do, if we do, each day. It's hard to get our own inner voice to be quiet, isn't it? To listen. All we have to do is to stop talking, to be quiet. What's the big deal? And yet, listening is profoundly hard. It's such a simple thing, though. Why do we have such a hard time listening? The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. 15.28 of Proverbs. How often... How often do you ask questions of others? I don't mean, how you doing? But do you persistently seek out to know other people? The very people that God has put in your community. Their story. The real them. Do we think about what others are saying? Or even better, do we listen to what a person is often actually trying to communicate through imperfect words? Often we don't come right out with what we're really thinking and how we're doing. We shield it. And that's a good thing to a degree, isn't it? if we're trying to guard ourselves from sinful speech. However, it's not a good thing if we never get to the heart of the matter in our relationships to create a double life between what I am on the inside and I know it and then how I relate to others on the outside. That's not good. At other times, we protect ourselves sometimes, don't we? Because sometimes others can be poor stewards when we lay ourselves out. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever found yourself not listening when you were supposed to be listening? When you were supposed to be hearing someone a minute and a half ago? 
You have no idea what the person is talking about. You've been nodding, though, and saying, "Mm mm-hmm, for a while in the conversation. What do you do? Do you pretend like you've heard all along and say, yes, I know, I agree? That is so true. But then you have an existential crisis. What did I just agree to with this person? Especially if it's your wife. Did I just agree to do something? What if she, yes, it's usually us men that are bad at this. What if she asks more detailed questions about the matter that I just agreed to? You are in a hole. Or do you say, (laughs) Honey, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. (laughs) I've been thinking about work the entire time. (laughs) Then you have to endure the deserved wrath of the woman. Right? That's no fun. It is better to discipline yourself to pay attention to that image of God that he has put right in front of you. Whenever we're frustrated with someone else, we're sorely tempted to open our mouths in a judgmental criticism. Whenever we're angry at them, we should be extremely disciplined about how we speak of them with others. Listen to the wisdom of the Proverbs 11:12. He who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. It's to close the mouth and listen for how God, listen to God for how I should think about a matter. Listening akin to heeding in the Hebrew word shema. To reproof is another central theme in the book of Proverbs, but that is another sermon altogether. We all have weaknesses and propensities in these things. Some of us talk a little bit too much sometimes, like me. Verbal clutter. One of my old editors used to tell me some years ago, And it offended me at the time. You have too much verbal clutter. I completely agree with him now. Elders know better. Some of us need to speak up more. Not for yourself, but for the people that God has put in your life. Because you see, we are created for other people. And we all need grace upon grace. When you do speak, what should the effect of your words be? To give life. Empower others is what I mean. Encourage. Show that you love others enough by being interested in their life. It's a discipline. This is a bona fide, hardcore discipline to do these things. It's not what we think, our mere opinions. With your children, do you praise them with your words when they do right? Affirm them, or do you have a tendency to mildly or not so 
mildly, tear them down. Young people, husbands, wives, men and women, I have an assignment. I have an assignment for you today. Ask someone who really knows you and who will tell it to you straight. What category do most of the words you speak every day fall into? Take stock. What category of words could be assigned to most of your language every day? Particularly the slant of your total words when you're at home. What category could the bulk of them be assigned? Words of criticism, complaint about one thing or another. Anger, resentment, worrisome talk, fearful talk, full-on gossip, slander and lies, coarse jesting, filthy talk, words of emptiness that don't really say anything. Vulgar, foolish innuendos. Because you see, the mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom. But the perverted tongue will be cut out. 10.31 We are to give depth to our words every day, even in the casual. Give depth to your words. Be meaningful. What category of words do you allow yourself? Do I allow myself? What is the bulk of our speech? Let's take stock. And let's have the humility to listen for the answer. Words, they make up so much of life, don't they? Words matter. You young people, boys, listen. You knuckle draggers or Lord of the Flies or knuckle buddies, what do you call yourselves out there? You need to be inclusive with other younger boys and even girls. Be inclusive at times. Be gracious and careful with your words, boys, in the fort. Be inclusive. Be kind. Be careful. God sees. These are important to God, how you act. Not just in the church building, but out of the church building. On Tuesday and on Thursday night at all times. Do you discipline your children, parents? Do you love them? In all kinds of ways, do you love them? With your words, do you lecture them? Do you talk at them too much and too long with too much emotion? Or do you graciously and swiftly uphold the standard and apply firm consequences without bantering? Do not allow yourself to enter into disputation with your disobedient children. Don't. Children, do you wag your tongue before the authority God has put in your life? Do you pout, whine, and complain, making excuses? Don't. Stop. Come clean. Confess. Repent receive forgiveness. Lecture. Lecture is almost a bad word. There's a different sense of lecture. Lecture is not dead. 
in and of itself. It has an honorable and important place. If we're talking about words, what is the place of lecture? A good pastor friend and I here in town were talking about this last week. Professor Jordan Peterson talks straight for two hours with college millennials hanging on his every word on the edge of their seats for two straight hours. There's usually absolutely no problem with attention span. Why? Because he has something to say. He speaks to issues and in language that connects with them where they are, right? That's why they listen. The lecture is not dead. But we're talking about listening today in personal conversation and friendship. Do you want to change the world in small but effective ways? Be a listener so that when you do speak to someone, it will be well suited to their situation and aptly effective for them. It will be satisfying for them, helpful. We've been reminded lately through Mr. Ketchin's Bible study in Exodus that God hears us. It's a great promise. God attends to his people and their voice. He's given us Jesus Christ to prove that he does in love for us. That's the foundation. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips will be established forever. 12, 18. The Proverbs have so much to say about words. It's extraordinary. Words create new worlds. Jamie Souls sings. They rearrange old ones. They're powerful. They make and break relationships, don't they? Just words. Just mere sound waves, articulated speech. They matter in court. They matter at a wedding ceremony. They matter when you name a human being. Every day they matter. I'm telling us, make them count. Be intentional, like well-driven nails, Proverbs says. Let me ask this. Do you specifically praise others in the congregation when they exercise their gifts well? You see, encouragement goes a long way in community. Let others know that you appreciate their gifts and their labor of love. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. 1220. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. 1223. The wisdom of self-restraint is almost dead in our modern culture. Our modern culture of self-expression, that we should be able to say anything when you want to. I think not. The Bible says we will flourish when we derive our identity and thereby our words from Christ. When there are many words, how does it go? When there are many words, 
Transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. 10, 19. Now, there's something that should be addressed in this. This does not mean that we should only speak five words a day. No. I heard a little thing about two pastors. Pastors, nonetheless, who took a road trip. One said, we should save money. Yes, let's go together. Okay, they get in the car. These men shall remain nameless. Don't worry, they're not in our church. Actually, I think they would laugh about it. These men don't do much small talk. They're renowned for it. They're not Southern. Finally, finally, one man says after hours of total silence, a long time down the road at an approaching pit stop, you want to use the restroom here? Yeah. They got off the highway. They used the restroom. These were the only words during the hours-long trip communicated between them. True story. Okay, now that's, that's messed up. <laughs> just, just so you know. Okay? Don't do that. Some of you might be thinking, yeah. Yeah, preacher. Stick it to all those verbose extroverts out there. Let them have it. No, this is for you too. Shy folks, listen. Hearken unto me. In love and affection, you don't get off the hook. You too have a responsibility to fail to not make conversation and build relationships with words can be sinful. Can be. It can be rude. It can be, shall we say, a little awkward. But whatever our personality and temperament, we have a great responsibility, every one of us, in these things. We need to discipline ourselves to go deeper, to go deeper with other people. Small talk is great. Small talk is important. It helps others relax. It can actually be very gracious in some circumstances and reduce awkwardness. It has a place. But we must move beyond the shallow with many of our relationships and study. Yes, study how to be more personal and thoughtful in our conversations. It takes premeditation. What am I going to talk about? How am I going to bless others? You have to think about it before the event, before the time. Prepare, prepare your heart for mature and edifying conversations so that relationships and ministry may develop manifold. Because you see, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own, literally, heart. The original word. 18.2 when we're only focused on revealing our own thoughts and opinions, we're acting proudly and selfishly. But the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. 18.4 Have you ever drank from, from a, uh, a mountain stream? Like a crystal clear mountain stream. Hopefully not straight. You still need a purifier. 2019. But 
one time, a couple of years ago, I was in Yosemite. And there was a, there was a lot of rain that year, and uh, we came upon a beautiful river, and it was coming through, and um, we could, I could see probably about 20 feet down, straight to the bottom of the river. It was so clear. The snow melt off, and there was t- pine trees, giant trees, felled trees at the bottom of the river. It was great to drink, and it was great to swim in. On a hot day, a mountain stream like that, that's what our words are to be like. Refreshing. Refreshing. Life-restoring to a parched soul. That's what the effect of our words should be. That friendships may deepen and grow. And so I'm calling us today to open up our life more to others so that they can be to you like that refreshing mountain stream and you to them. I don't want to listen to what brand toothbrush you use. I'm sorry. I love you. I want to hear your story. Tell me your story. I want to know what you think about when you wake up in the morning. Tell me that. Don't wait for me to ask. Initiate. We should meet each other in the middle. I want to know your heart, and you should want to know this of others, too. I don't even need to explain how important this is for marriage. Another sermon. But apply these things there. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of understanding. 10, 21. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. We remember When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. 17, 28. Can I tell you a story? Painful story. I think it will bring this home. Once upon a time, there were two men. Good friends. Tom and Peter. They went away. They went way back. Their communication went back and forth, too. Their friendship was not defined as a monologue, but a dialogue. It was two-way. Give and take. And that is a good friendship. Mutual life, sharing together. One not dominating over the other. This is the friendship they had. They had common interests. They could talk for hours. Their their families went way back, too. Children that grew up together. The wives from the two families were very close. Sometimes they would vacation together, go to sporting events together. They started to drift apart, though, a bit over the years. It happens. Life is crazy. They were still close, though, building on all the foundation that they had over the years. Just the passing of time, they both got distracted and busy. They allowed themselves some laziness in the friendship, letting it drift when they could have and should have prioritized the brotherhood. The friendship was weakened because of this, but holding somewhat steady. One day, one season, Tom had a close family member pass away. Tom was hurting in pain. 
Why? God. He knew God's truth. He knew God's sovereignty and providence in the matter. He knew what he should do and generally how he should think about it. You know what he needed, right? He needed a friend. Come to find out, he was actually starving for friendship, and his other friend did not know that. Being too busy with work for investment in the men in his church, but also it was difficult for his friendships with the guys in his life to actually transcend the mere social hour when he was with them. He hungered for the meat of genuine fellowship. Help me in the burden of my walk with God and my struggles from day to day. Tom wanted to shout to the guys at church. But he didn't. He didn't say anything. So, Tom runs into his old buddy during this season of pain. His buddy, they go back to high school. Peter and Tom. He opens up to him. He needs someone to listen. To be there. To care. His expectations of Peter in that moment were way too high. His vulnerability, as often is the case sometimes in our lives, way too high. Peter does not recognize Tom's pain, what he needs. Peter seems distant, thought Tom, like he's talking top down instead of alongside me. Of course, he's sorry for Tom's loss. But Peter starts to lecture, to teach, to mildly reprimand. He doesn't stop to consider, wait, wait. Tom is saying that he's losing faith. He's saying that God doesn't answer prayer. He's doubting, yes, but wait. Tom just lost one of his family members, a close family member. He just needs me to be a friend. To listen to the soul in pain more than sometimes the actual words being said. He just needs me to sit here, to burn with him in pain. That's not what happened. Instead, based on the things that Tom was saying and his hurt, Peter launches into reproof and says, too much, way too much. Peter missed his target, his opportunity. Well, Tom took it all wrong, offended, and it has squashed the once close relationship. And what about Peter? Peter never knew why his friend became so distanced after that. He didn't connect the dots. He didn't have the discernment. Years later, Peter still does not know that Tom is putting him off. Well, actually, he does know that Tom is is putting him off, but he has no idea why. The parable of not listening. The pain and dysfunction 
are great. These are important things. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. I don't want you to answer it out loud, but inside your heart. How many of you have had someone important not listen to you? Has that happened in your life? Perhaps they even had the power to make a decision or a judgment greatly affecting your life and reputation. And they did not hear the full story and give you the time to tell it from your side. It's maddening, isn't it? Sometimes in life, I truly believe we just need to be heard. Even if we don't, even if the other party does not agree with us, being heard and letting them know that they're heard and respected and appreciated. This is incredibly powerful for relationships. But I want to say, at the same time, we also need to make it easier for people to hear us. We can be offensive. We can be off-putting. We have a responsibility there. Sometimes we do need to shorten our words and get to the point. You see, listening well and speaking well are two sides of the same coin from a God that does both for us. Brothers and sisters, none of us have arrived in this important spiritual discipline. I certainly have not. We're all failures at this sometimes. God is so gracious with all of us. Grace upon grace for each other. The difficult art of active listening, which is what I've been arguing for, where you're engaged with the person, not passively, but asking questions and interacting with them as they speak. It's a practice. Let's practice more. Be patient with one another and give each other room. Room to fail and to try. Graciousness. That is the heart of what real Christianity looks like. You know... God has given me some amazing listeners in my life. Not a lot, but some. You know what they did? Let me tell you. They looked me in the eye. I was the most important person in that moment. At least that's how they made me feel. The level of concentration and expressed love to me in that moment. They did not interrupt They did not act impatient when I struggled to communicate. At appropriate times, they insisted that I reveal what I was attempting to hide. They asked the questions I was afraid they would and that I didn't want to answer. But in reality, I did want them to press deeper. They empathized. This is not quantum entanglement physics. This is, this is basic, but this is hard. These listeners insisted that they understood me. They insisted that they understood me the way I wanted to be understood. 
And if they didn't know what to say, that's frequent in life. No matter, they made sure to express care, and they just prayed for me. And then they followed up with me about that, the issue a few days later, about how I was. They didn't speak from pride in a condescending manner. They didn't make me feel like a fool. Respect. They didn't talk too much, lecture or condemn. I haven't had too many disciplined listeners in my life, but the ones I have had have changed my life. You will change others' lives in this as well. You want to change the world one person at a time? Hear them. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, you bend your ear to hear your people. We are the apple of your eye. You give us your promises. You have set your love upon us. You rejoice over us with singing. You delight to hear us. Thank you. This is our foundation. We thank you for your attention, your love, the security that you have placed upon us by your Son and by your Spirit. Thank you for hearing us. Make us to hear others as love to them, as you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's respond to God's word. Father, all thanks be to you now that we have this grace that we might not be unmindful, but rather carry this grace about engraven on our hearts to advance and grow in that faith which is effective for every good word and work. In Jesus' name, amen. Be parted with God's word, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Amen.